1: Hi Bertie from Eurogamer here, this episode was recorded in a bit of a rush directly after the Xbox Bethesda Summer Games Fest showcase had ended on the evening of Sunday 12th June. It's appearing here a little late because of various seasonal absences, and also the quality isn't great because Martin had to record from a hotel lobby in Los Angeles where he was visiting the Summer Games Fest. I hope you enjoy it nonetheless. Cheers. Welcome to a special edition of Weekly, a show in which we recap the week on Eurogamer for you. Today we're looking back on the past few days of Summer Game Fest which has just culminated in the Xbox Bethesda showcase. We'll take all of that in in just a moment. Joining me today are features editor Christian Donnan, hi Chris. Hello. Um and all the way live from LA, Martin Robinson. Hi Martin.
2: Hi, how's it going? I'm in a quite a busy uh, hotel lobby right now because I've literally just checked out of my hotel room on the way back home. The uh, Xbox press has just wrapped. Um, So excuse the noise in the distance in the background, but this is uh, live from the the ground in LA. How's it been
1: out there? What's it? Has it felt like E3?
2: It's been weird because it's been so long since I've done E3 um, and you kind of forget that it's impossible to tell what these shows are like when you're actually there. Because I've missed, I've not seen any of the live streams. Like I've not had a chance to because of um, there's been like a physical counterpoint, a physical kind of accompaniment to uh, Summer Games Fest, which is like it's a small event space about in uh, in downtown. Um, there's like about 30 game demos there, about 50 press, and I spent the past few days there just chatting to devs, playing stuff, and everything. Which means I've been completely oblivious to what the show's actually been like for you guys over there. So don't ask me what the show in LA's been like. I don't know. I've been playing. I just I've been at Summer Games Fest all the time. So yeah it's, it's, it's so what have you like that well. oh um i've been seeing they had some good stuff there street fighter six uh, there'll be a preview of that up on the site soon um i saw something else which is embargoed but screw it no they're not going to find out i'm seeing uh, i saw sonic which is embargoed from monday because when is it going live actually So that's fine um i, I saw a sonic and sonic team uh, but I had to with glenn schofield i played a uh, day of the devs kind of games that are coming out there's loads of them and they're all awesome uh aaron finn i spoke to about nightingale which is really cool oh yeah um, shaping up quite nicely but yeah basically it's just it's a lot of things condensed into a small amount of time so it's one of those things where it's quite a whirlwind basically um so yeah it's been, it's been talking to a lot of people and seeing a lot of cool stuff it's not been like e3 really it's been like um like a much smaller show. It kind of reminded me of, I'm not sure if you ever went to Microsoft, um, they used to do something called X10 or X06, whatever year it was. Where oh, yeah, I liked those. To, they yeah, they're quite low key and everything. And they're obviously just geared towards press. So it, it hasn't felt anything like E3, it's been the same thing. But it's just, it has been nice to be at an event space again. And just, you forget what it's like to have the buzz of a game on the show floor as well, especially with something like Street Fighter 6, which you don't get if you just play it in the office somewhere when you've got like groups of people moving around and playing, and actually that kind of playing it organically in a public space, it makes such a big difference. So what has the
1: buzz been? Because there's always a buzz around shows. What are people talking about when you talk to other journalists, which presumably you have been doing, or other media? What's everyone excited about? What are people talking about there?
2: Well, people, I think the first thing that happens is people struggle to talk because there's, no one's actually hung out with each other in a public space for a long time. <laughs> and so a lot of it's just like, I forgot what it's like to be around people again, what it's like to be around people again. And once you got over that, a lot of it's just, basically, it's just nice to catch up with people because we've not traveled. This is the first time I've ever, ever traveled. I've been on the plane since the whole pandemic started. And just the excuse to be over the other other part of the world and chatting to US media I have not seen for ages, chatting to people who I work with quite regularly and I haven't seen like Ed Dorns over here from RPS. Um, and this is his first kind of big trip. And it's like, I haven't spoken to Ed Topsy for like, been on the trip with him for years. I've been able to see him face to face, so it's just nice to hang out with him How is he doing? I know it's quite what you he is. Right? He's Good, yeah, really good. He's been he's been very good. very busy. I think this is his first show like one of these, and it's just um a lot of appointments. And when it comes to actually finding time to write stuff up, who knows when that's going to happen? But yeah, hopefully that stuff's going to come oh, in a few days.
1: So what's the thing you're going to take away from what you've seen that you're going to tell people about? Is it Street Fighter Six?
2: Yeah, Street Fighter Six. Sonic are the two big ones. Um, Sonic, uh, it, I was, it's not going to surprise you that I'm quite concerned about it. And I thought it's actually quite a Um So yeah, uh, there's that. Street Fighter VI is just, it feels like a proper comeback for the series, which feels like a dumb thing to say because Street Fighter 5 wasn't that long ago, but Street Fighter 5 was kind of like a missed opportunity. Um, this feels like the most exciting Street Fighter VI has been since Street Fighter 4 came out in like 2008, I think.
1: Wow. Um... Okay, so let's go over some of the stuff that's happened. So the Xbox conference, um, Xbox Bethesda conference has just happened. It's fresh in our minds. What stood out to you, Christian, watching this? What made you go, oh, that looks good? Um, uh, I, think there was,
0: I think there was a game at the end called Cocoon, which looked quite interesting. Um, I mean, it all looked, it all looked pretty good. I think what stood out to me most is that when you only have one conference, you don't have that same thing that E3 has always been quite good at. It's just the sort of the three-way discussion over what games are about. So you only really get Microsoft's vision of games, whereas in the past, you it's followed up by like what PlayStation thinks games are and what Nintendo thinks games are. So while it was it was great, it felt like you were you were only getting one sort of channel of things. Um I thought Redfall looked fine. I actually thought. It was nice to see Starfield looking like a real video game. You know, it had sort of performance issues, but it was very clearly... (laughs) I liked that about it. It was very clearly sort of a real game. And and it was quite nice for them to be able to show that. And after years of just hearing about this thing, to actually see a a sense of the sort of familiarity of it, which I think probably people who like Bethesda games will probably quite uh, enjoy that sort of familiarity, that sense of
1: being... So I was a bit... I was a bit worried when it started because yeah we haven't seen much starfield and this was like a proper chunky look at various aspects of the game and it started with a kind of mission on a planet which i guess we're gonna do many of these same kind of missions you're you're down on a planet some pirate you're going towards a pirate base somewhere and you end up doing a lot of shooting and it just looked a bit brown and the guns looked a bit weak and sort of just like the guns we have now there was I didn't see any sort of sci-fi excitement in the guns. And I didn't really see any vibrancy or kind of energy in the game itself. Um, I don't know if you guys felt the same, but it got better as they started talking about the RPG elements and started talking about showing the hubs that you could go to and all the characters that you could meet and then showing you all the faces you could make. The character creation looks I wonderful. Feel like all the all, skills and the ship customization.
0: All Bethesda games are essentially licensed games in a way. and The license is Bethesda. It, so it's like if you like the kind of <laughs> games that they make, it's another one in that series. Do you know what I mean? And I think I think they showed enough to probably really excite people. If you are the kind of the college student yeah, like- looking to play something hours long that in a summer break that's the game for
2: you sorry yeah I, I think I was like Bertie like I was kind of started I've got, no no it's fine I had nothing of interest to say really I'm just going to echo what Bertie said but no I felt like like likewise I was like it didn't start off that great and when you saw the gameplay it's like this is but then that's not why you play these games and then slowly as the demo went on and as they showed more off they showed the reasons why you play those games is the world building which is the size of it which is the storytelling which is yeah and so, yeah, it, was, it, it got there, basically. It got there in the end. Uh, first of all, it's like, this isn't the game that was going to save 2022 and it's now going to be the biggest game in 2023, first of all. But then when it slowly came more into focus, it's like, yeah, this is, well, I you say, it looked more and more like a Bethesda Game Studios game, which I think is what people want. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: can we, and it can has that massiveness about it. I think with the, the, there are like hundreds of planets that you can fly down to all of them and you can, you know, explore, which sounds daunting and I'm sure is largely very boring, but it has that kind of ambition that I quite like about Bethesda games, <laughs> whether or not they actually reach it in the end. Anyway, sorry, Chris, you wanted to talk about... No, something. I was about to move on. I was about to move on. So I, I was about to say, I want to
0: talk about uh, Pentiment, but, um, but, but please... Let's talk about you. Pentiment. So Pentiment anyway, is this surprise
1: me. Obsidian game.
0: We were talking about this just before we started recording, and I'm going to shamelessly rehash what we just said. But we were both saying how it's quite nice. It's very clearly a passion project. Because even before you know that the story behind it, and this is a game he's been trying to make for like 20 years or whatever, and it actually is a passion project. It's so so Josh Sawyer, the director. Yeah, who did, who did uh, New Vegas as well. But even before that, you know it's a passion project because it's a game set in Renaissance Bavaria. And it's just like I don't feel like the world is sort of crying out for that, which is what's so brilliant about it. <laughs> it's clearly this guy really wants to make a game about, you know, Renaissance art and about Renaissance life, and it looked like there was a bit of Bonfire of the vanity sort of thing, and and that sounds wonderful. What I respond to is not so much the theme of it, but just the obvious sense of its passion. It, it's the the, the the microsoft are allowing this team to make something which actually is sort of connection to the marketplace is secondary to the fact that they just really wanted to make a game about renaissance bavaria and i love that Can yeah from what
1: that? i understand um, about him is that he he has german roots he may even be half german i'm not sure he's intensely interested in um, kind of medieval history so I think this stuff is all comes from a place of passion and like you I that makes a game interesting right we it mean, doesn't look like it's built for everyone it's definitely not Starfield but it's a niche focused kind of and it's this is a detective adventure by the way so an artist gets wrapped up in um a, um, a murder, he's studying in an abbey and then he becomes a sort of unlikely kind of detective and it takes place across like 25 years or something and you get roped into other kind of murder it mysteries. It's a narrative adventure game. I
0: it sounds very obviously sort of Named Rose is
1: one of the
2: obvious... What's that, sorry? No, that's right. <laughs> sorry, about it. I got the lag from there LA. So all of a sudden me game, just coming in two seconds, like,
0: sorry, carry on. I was just saying that like <laughs> Name of the Rose is the obvious sort of touch point for that sort of thing. But um, yeah, it's it's. It, I'm, I was delighted to see something so unusual in the middle of this conference.
1: I I thought Diablo 4, Look, I know it's an obvious one, but I thought we saw a chunk of Diablo 4 running. And I guess everyone, well, I certainly have Diablo Immortal in my head at the moment, the mobile game, which is kind of dividing opinion a little bit. And so it was nice to see Diablo 4 looking so um chunky sort of substantial as well there's sort of a heftiness to it um it, i found it quite convincing what they were showing
2: it looked good but it did first of all i didn't realize it was diablo because diablo we kind of associate with these big expensive cutscenes. and diablo immortal looks more expensive than diablo 4 basically in terms of production <laughs> at least at first anyway and i was like that's i it, it took me a bit of surprise, surprise. but when it actually got up and running we got the gameplay going it did look um, yeah, I, it, it was it was reassuring, I guess, in its junkiness. So I quite enjoyed what that And due was next thinking, year think, as well.
0: Yeah. There was quite a lot of, we talked about this earlier, but there was quite a lot of being thrown under the bus in that presentation, I felt like. They were kind of, oh, and in the notes that came through afterwards. They were talking about how it's grim and dark and they were basically saying the code was it's not like Diablo 3, which you got so angry about for having color in it and stuff like that. And then the notes that came through afterwards, like it's not made for the mobile phone, like Diablo Immortal, you know, it's quite odd to see a publisher going like, it's not like the other shit we've just released. Do You know what I mean? It's quite a sort of, um, I don't know how I would feel if I was on the Diablo Immortal team and I read that uh, press release. I think
1: I'd probably be a bit annoyed. Um, and there's, new, there's a new Minecraft game, a new action strategy Minecraft game uh, coming out, which I think uh, it seems novel to me.
2: I was, I was not expecting it, but I've, I don't think I've been paying attention, really. So, um, yeah, like, it's not the first kind of twist on the Minecraft formula. I'm sure it would be okay. Um, but, yeah, it, it looks nice and colorful.
1: What did you make of Forza?
2: It's really hard to say until i get to play it because uh, the thing that series really needs is a complete rethinking of how it handles and how it works on track and um i wasn't convinced by what they were showing off because uh, it's like, it like real time ray tracing is cool dynamic uh time of day and weather is fantastic uh, and it's, uh, they were quite pointed in saying all tracks are it, which something grand trismo doesn't do but um if it really wants to kind of if it really wants to do playing with the big boys it needs to sort its handling out and from what I saw in, as a video, it didn't, it didn't look like it's moved on significantly, but it's really hard for them to replay it. So I'm reserving judgement until, um, until I get to play it. I wish they'd talked about more, basically, than just, um, quite standard stuff, which they were talking as if it's like really game changing stuff. It's like dynamic time of day is cool, but don't, don't pretend you're reinventing the your world by, by saying you've got it in there. Um, it's just a fairly standard feature in a, de- a decent sim worth its sort. So, um, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more. I really hope I really I really hope they do turn rounds for that because if um I think that series has got so much potential. Obviously Forza Horizon's kind of taken over as a premier sports thing. But um it would be it'd be really good if we had a really good Forza Motorsport to keep things healthy when it comes to those kind of sim games.
1: Yeah. Um, and what did you both think of... Because I wasn't entirely convinced by this game, but what did you both think of Redfall, the new game from Arcane uh I think it's is it Arcane Leon or is it Arcane Austin? Austin, Austin? Um I can't remember. But the new Okay, Arcane Austin. So this looks like a kind of it's a, a shooter, but it's like a vampire themed co-op shooter, uh, from what I understand. And uh, I don't know, I was I, wa- I was wanting to like it, but it wasn't quite
2: getting there. Yeah, it arcane games are difficult to I don't know, they're they're really weird because the press get quite excited about them and then the, the masses don't that aren't really interesting, where it just feels like a flip side in that I feel like the press won't be that excited by it, but it might actually be something that more people want to play because it's got that co-op element, it's got kind of got more sticky elements, I think, than you get in additional uh, single-player arcane games. Um, but obviously it's like, it's, it's the Prey team, I guess, and so it feels like Prey with supernatural stuff and vampires, and so that's something which would capture the imagination. I'm not convinced by the car action elements, but again, it's a case of having to play it because it's not something I'm kind of used to from arcade things. It's not what I would go to the games for, but I guess that's what makes it interesting.
0: Yeah, I think the, the missing ingredient is Game Pass, isn't it? I think it's it makes total sense when you factor in Game Pass. I think that's where it sort of comes to life. Is you're never going to run out of people to play with, or you know, I think that's 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 probably why this. I think it looks. I think it looks all right, and I think it's probably going to be very successful because of that.
1: Which is true, I think, of quite a few games maybe talked about today, is that they were all coming, I think they were all coming day one or at some point at some point to Game Pass. And when they come, when you see the games like this, you're like, oh, Scorn, that still looks quite interesting or you know, some new game where you're like, i I forgot what it was called. It was called Dusk as Dusk Falls or something. It was some sort of narrative thing with a weird kind of motion capture sort of comic style. Or and I'm like, not entirely convinced, but because it's on Game Pass, I can just give it a go for like five, ten minutes
2: that's the thing because we've I think we said that a few years ago the game pass feels like like the double, double a subscription service basically it's a subscription service <laughs> that lets you get all these double a games and that's like this, this show because it did have the kit as you did have Diablo the in there and forth so you have to, obviously they don't get any bigger than Starfield. but the rest of it was a lot of games which is like this looks interesting I don't know if it's been announced yet already and I said should I know about it already or like and it looks <laughs> it looks fantastic and I might give it a try and game pass when it comes out but also I'm not really too sure. <laughs> and so, there's a lot of stuff like that, basically, where I was like, Woo! like the kind of mid-tier stuff. Game Pass is, what Game is, Pass is great for, and it's fantastic. It's a time in the limelight. Sorry.
0: Game Pass is the platform now. That's the thing, that Microsoft's platform is Game Pass. Yeah. Everything else is sort of secondary to that. And,
1: um, and I think... Of course, there was... Yeah. There was another big announcement, the sort of announcement you could imagine happening on an E3 stage. Uh, Phil Spencer's out, and he's talking he's teasing a big announcement a big partnership and you know it's the kind of face i suppose you expect in that circumstance there's kojima uh on the stage talking about some exclusive microsoft project that's what i got from that he's talking about some exclusive microsoft project uh, uh, is that exciting to you what do you think it is uh, what do you think
2: about that it's the um it's, it's uh, exciting. Previously leaked horror game. Um, okay. It's uh, I sorry think it's it's, like, a, sorry sorry you've gotten some lag here. Yeah. You after you. <laughs> um so it's the horror game which is kind of previously announced but not not it's just been leaked a couple of weeks ago with um, Margaret Colley in it. Right. And so with the uh, with the Silent Hills team some of them working on it. So um I think that's what right. it is. That's what the suggestion is it's going to be but um, I was hoping they'd show some of it. It seems a lot of it leaked recently, but they didn't. Um, so yeah, it, it, it is a weird announcement though, because if you kind of, if that had happened in a live auditorium, you'd have heard the like the dress being and everything, dress um, being drawn, even. Uh, but you didn't get that when it was just on a live stream, so it kind of it was robbed of some of its drama, I guess, and also the fact that the news of leaked ages ago that Kodchko is doing stuff with uh, Xbox. But it was still, it was still a cool moment. It's still a good get, although. Um, you do get the kind of feeling as well that maybe having like, maybe Sony would be quite happy to have me with Kojima for a bit. Cause I can't imagine that difficult to work with.
0: I think it's super exciting. Yeah. I think that yeah, Kojima making, Kojima making games on that scale is always exciting. It's all that, And I was really, I was really happy to see it, it cheered me up and it, and it provided something which it felt was slightly missing from the rest of the show. Is that bit of sort of, you know, uh, ludicrous ambition you know i think which is what he sort of uh, trades in so I was, I was i was excited about that
1: so there were a few other things that were announced in the xbox i'm not sure there's anything um, kind of major but we saw we saw a bit more of hollow knight silk song which i know um people are, are really excited by about there's some strange game called high on life which I, I couldn't really look like some someone was on drugs when they were um creating that we saw a bit more of the new the plague tale uh, sequel Rec, uh, it's called which is called Requiem which I was it's gone a lot more standard it's gone a lot more she can stealth kill people now and stab them in the throat and I'm like ah oh, that's what I liked about the original that it didn't have that and that you just you kind of ran away from everyone instead Maybe um, now that we're actually living so, in like, like,
0: that bit isn't that exciting anymore. They have to add something else.
1: <laughs> Very true. We saw a bit of Overwatch 2 and a new hero in Overwatch 2, um, which was exciting for me and probably uh, no one else. And there were various other things uh, that happened. We've got a roundup on the site. I'll link to it in the description below. Going back over some of the previous announcements of the previous days, um, you said you went to Day of the Devs, uh, Martin. I see there's a bunch of... They all look interesting to me, but w- was there any day of the devs game that you thought, Ooh, this looks nice. You are muted. I know it's amazing. I'm
2: trying to mute myself in order to stop the, uh, the, the traffic of the, of the lifts getting in the way. There's a few games, uh, wonderful thing, which I'm now going to have to Google because of, <laughs> it was just recently announced. Um, it was Defter, uh, the, the, the new thing. It looks, yeah, it looks fantastic. I only got like about five minutes with it, but, um, it looks like a continuation of what they've done with Monument Valley, but with just a bit more kind of grounded reality in it as well. A um, really cool, uh, I think it's Time flies, which is like a cool little game which you play a fly that buzzes around, and it's like a little close sixty-second time loop. But it was a, it was cool. But it was quite. It's one of those things where there's quite a few games in quite a condensed amount of time, so I wasn't able to kind of enjoy stuff as much as maybe I'd have liked to in you know, a more sedate uh, environment. But yeah, that that was cool. But. Um, in general i did actually want to ask what's it been like from your perspective because i've been over here in la obviously and I'm quite blind to a lot of it but what's it felt like over there has it felt akin to you, or has it just been a load of quite annoying streams happening all at the same time it feels like a lot of streams right i think
1: it the problem is there's the kind the slight problem anyway is that there's maybe a couple too many of them which become starts to become a little bit wearying when it's like everyone wants to do a separate stream for things. I suppose in principle, it means that day of the devs, it gives them something uh, separate to do, but there was that Tribeca one as well, which I don't think much came out from. And it just feels a bit spread out. And I think if it was condensed into a, a few, for me, that's more exciting because it's more likely that then I'll, I'll watch each individual one, but there were some that kind of were pushed to the wayside a little bit. I haven't felt that, Watching Xbox Bethesda tonight was the closest I've I've had this this week to a kind of E3-style buzz.
2: Yeah, I think as Dondan suggested it earlier as well, it's basically it's, it's the platform holders that, that make it exciting. That's what E3 is about, really. It's about the big platform holders. And it's about being given an exciting glimpse of the future, basically, I think, which is what mm. we always say about E3. It's like, this is what's coming. This is what's on the horizon. This is why you should be excited about the future of games. And sometimes that's missing from Absolutely. some smaller shows, yeah
1: and something that's been um i was just going to say quickly something that seems to have been a key point across the various conferences is people saying we're showing you games that are going to come out in the next year or or, you know so up until like halfway through 2023 or something No, no one's going which is great that's sensible but there are points when I want to see something that isn't sensible where someone goes, look at, but look at this exciting thing that we're working on for, you know, a few years time. And you go, oh, wow, look at that.
0: And everything goes,
1: gets a bit pumped.
0: I think that segues really nicely to Plucky Squire, which feels like, if any, if any game feels like the breakout of this, of this um not E3, whatever you want to call it. Plucky Squire is the one game which had people really sort of talking authentically about that looks amazing. And it is that perfect bit of counter-programming. You couldn't create a better bed for that game to emerge from than a bunch of survival horror set in space and about disemboweling people. And then Plucky Squire, Squire comes out and it's so coherent. It's so bright and colourful and it's so its own thing uh, that it just it absolutely sings compared to everything else i think that looked wonderful that's the new game by james turner's uh bunch the sort of former pokemon artist and it looks uh,
1: devolver mm-hmm. game no well. devolver
0: publishing it's well, yeah. coming next it had that freshness it had that same freshness that scribble knots did at that e3 it was like complete counter programming and just absolute you know it's like someone opening the window in a really you know smoky pub or whatever
1: <laughs> so let's um cast our mind back a couple of days this all kicked off um last week with the uh summer games fest uh that jeff Keeley was introducing and that was the other sort of biggie i suppose and there was a hilarious funny uh theme running through it of dead space and that everything um, they seem to announce or show looked like Dead Space. Of course, the most Dead Space game was uh Callisto Protocol, which is being um helmed by Glenn, Scho- which is Glenn Schofield's uh project, and and that does look like Dead Space intentionally. <laughs> I think that's that's the vibe. And you played this, is that right? Or
2: no, I didn't play it, but I did speak to Glenn. Uh, they're not ready to show off to play it at a table yet. But uh, it was quite funny because we spoke about the history of Dead Space and kind of how difficult it was to get it greenlit and then uh, kind of leaving it behind and everything and then obviously coming back to it and then he gets to make his good Dead Space game he's always wanting to make and then the remake of the old game comes out within months and he was like he was quite openly miffed about it it's like the timing's a bit strange don't you think yeah it's a little bit strange um and yeah it is it's one that it's obviously Dead Space captured a lot of people's imaginations at the same time I think someone said basically this is a year when everybody who was like 18 when Space came out and thought it was the best thing ever has just grown up to become a creative director and now it's just basically <laughs> all these games come out at the same time um, so yeah I, it does feel like it's a bit crowded and that kind of thing especially something so grimdark but I don't know it, 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 it creates one of those weird kind of face-offs that never look quite good it's like I was going to say like um, Split Second and Blur which is quite ill-fated I hope this one's slightly like not quite as I hope it has a happier ending than that But it's just one of those interesting face-offs that happen every now and again in video games. Let's see how it plays out, basically.
1: One of the announcements that surprised me um, on Thursday night, um, our time, was uh, that Flashback's coming back. There's a Flashback 2 is in development. I'm not sure if we saw anything of it. It was just a kind of uh, montage, but uh, I don't know what to think about that.
2: There, I'm going to be doing my excuse and grasp at my nose. There was a flashback 2 already, wasn't there? Called Fade to Black that came out years about four years after the original flashback. It was shit.
1: There but probably was, if you're saying that. Uh, but this is called Flashback 2.
2: But if it's, it, it could be good unless the original flashback guys was involved with it because he did like a HD remake not that long ago and it was disastrous. So I I would not get my hopes up. It's also, for, I think it's also from some of the same teams who bought you the 13 remake recently, which also went down really badly. So um, yeah, it's- oh, Worrying it. signs. Expectations and check time, basically. Yeah, so, yeah I think it's, it's best to, it's interesting, but I wouldn't get so excited.
1: Um, I was also relatively excited to see there's an Aliens game coming, as in Aliens, the second film, there's a game designed it's that basically it is um aliens and that looked aliens dark descent it's called and that looked like aliens <laughs> i don't know how else to say it had that same sort of blue sci-fi look and the same one-liners and it was very much that um in a space station um lots of shooting uh kind of vibe and fingers crossed i've watched the aliens films recently so i'm in an aliens um mindset so that looked kind of interesting there was also there was Modern Warfare 2, right, which, which they gave a big section to. And this is the um, the reboot that's a, a sequel to the 2019 um, Modern Warfare. Uh, and it's got this fancy new engine and they're updating Warzone with this engine as well. This was a part of the, their announcement as well. And it looks quite pretty, but I mean, nice shipping containers, but meh, I, I don't know what to say about that.
2: I was I was quietly impressed by the water tech, and I think Wes was as well when he yeah. previewed it. But it did it did look like a Bob warfare game, and I did they did lean into crates. but I've never seen crates look that good. I've never seen more dynamic crates <laughs> in a first person It's like, it also, it was like shipping containers.
0: It was tied into a mechanic though as well, like the idea of cover that moves around. I think it, it was. I don't know. I sort of. It's not my game, but I was like, if it was my game, I'd probably be quite excited
2: yeah and that's right because like it, it did, so did killjoy. you are a little bit yeah so but uh, but they were, I just, as Donald said, they were actually moving around it had some of that uncharted what one is it it's one of the levels of uncharted kind of they have a movable cover like that as well and so like i think it's something stuart black said years ago when he was uh talking about the ill-fated first-person shooter body count but he was like you see a lot of crates in first person shooters but my crates are fucking operas and like in the same way these kind of shipping containers in this modern warfare we were just they were shipping containers as art forms. It was great. <laughs>
1: um, okay, we're going to round things up um, in just a second. Are there any other games uh, you saw, any other announcements that have happened that caught your eye that we haven't gone over?
2: Like all these things, uh, like when you go to shows, it's, it's, the, it's the kind of the appointment you weren't really looking forward to so much or weren't really expecting much of. And so I went to go and see Skybound Games, the publisher who's had a couple of cool things. Um, and they had a small space uh, away from the show floor, and they had Vice Undercover, which is kind of like Papers Please-esque, but in an 80s Vice setting. Uh, it's basically like Admin Under Pressure, or if you like that genre of games. Um But it's, it's really stylish and done really well. Um, and they also had uh, Glitch Runners or Glitch Shooters, was I've forgotten what season it's called. Jason, how Jetlagged I and what prep I've done, but it's this really smart co-op uh, action game um, that. When I first saw it, I was like, oh, I'm not sure about this. After about 30 seconds of playing it, I was totally convinced. And now it's like one of the highlights of the show. So there was some cool stuff. I'm looking forward to writing about it again, on the site, basically when they get some time, but yeah, there was, there was, there was some really good stuff over here, some really nice surprises and just nice to know that there's some exciting games on the horizon, on the near horizon as well in quite a lot of cases.
1: Absolutely. Christian, anything for you that stood out that we haven't mentioned? No, but I think it's that thing Martin
0: was talking about is the the game of E3 is always the game you weren't expecting and you have to dig around for it and um and I think for me at the moment it's probably Plucky Squire but I think I'm sure that the 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 most interesting game will come out in the next couple of it'll emerge in the next couple of weeks that this was the thing which was actually was great and it probably wasn't going to on on stage anyone's sort of big event or anything like that but it just has this sort of charisma so I'm looking forward to finding out what the what the game was really
2: can I can I spoil Absolutely. it so you, can I spoil it and let you know what the game is though because I know what that game is Sonic Frontiers that's what it is that's the, that's the one surprise it's gonna it's gonna bowl you all over
0: I'm excited
1: we'll see okay that's it uh from us for this summer game fest um edition of weekly i will of course there are loads of announcements that's happened i will link our roundup pieces um for the conferences the pc gaming show is also underway at the moment as we speak so i will link all of our roundups to all of these conferences um in the description uh below and of course you'll find them on Eurogamer. and we'll be picking over this stuff plus posting our coverage from the event uh for days to come so uh join us there for now though thank you christian and thank you martin all the way from l.a uh, do get home uh, safely
2: thanks sorry about, the, uh, sorry about the crazy noises and uh, the stutter and everything but yeah thanks for having us
1: okay bye for now everyone bye bye